0: Welcome to another episode of Survivor's Tales, brought to you by Inside Magazine, where people risk their lives for your entertainment.
1: This episode will be discussing three survivor stories, Into Thin Air, Touching the Void, and the 1972 Andes plane crash disaster.
0: We present your hosts,
1: Shem Raqqat and Dean Khadra. In the story Into Thin Air, John Crocker, a journalist from Outside Magazine, was chosen to climb Mount Everest to write an article on the expedition with Rob Hall's team. Was the climb up really the most challenging part? As John said, the main struggle was on the way down. Why would you say that? Well,
0: one reason is that when they reached the summit, John's oxygen tank had almost run out since Andy opened the valve and diminished the oxygen supply from John's tank. Additionally, the altitude they were at affected his concentration and basic physical health, exposing him to fatigue. This could have contributed to the fact that he ignored the lack of oxygen at first. Furthermore, when Andy and John approached the South Summit Task for any oxygen canisters, Mike says that there isn't any oxygen left in them. However, Andy's decision to persist in asking for the oxygen tanks led to the discovery that they were in fact full but frozen up. This decision benefited the team, seeing as John and his oxygen canisters were rapidly losing oxygen.
1: On May 10th, a hurricane took place on Mount Everest, endangering all the climbers. This hurricane had many detriments, including the state of Beck Weather's health. He was blinded by the altitude and past health issues, in danger of death if he were to move in any direction. When John found him, Beck decided to remain in his spot awaiting help. How did this decision benefit him?
0: If Beck had decided to move and try to climb down himself, then he could have died. Thus, remaining in his spot until someone found him and helped him down was a positive decision and ended up leading to a positive outcome.
1: This hurricane resulted in quite a few fatalities, including Andy Harris's death for unknown reasons, though possibly due to the confusion from the altitude and the weather. Andy left his tent late at night, never returning again. What might you say about this decision?
0: Since, since the decision was made at a confused state of mind, the actions that Andy took after he left his tent led to his death. At first, John wasn't aware of Andy's disappearance. He had hallucinated that Andy did not injure himself when he fell. John's lack of oxygen resulted in the ignorance of presuming the possibility that Andy hadn't survived the fall when he didn't find the guide waiting for him. What would you say about the lack of awareness and proceeding of John after this accident incident?
1: The fact that John continued to hike to Camp 4, unaware of Andy's state, assuming Andy had made it to to Camp 4 already, it is an effect of his lack of oxygen due to his miscalculation of the amount of oxygen he would need to make it down the mountain.
0: As we see, all decisions in this story were influenced by outside factors such as the lack of oxygen and high altitude. Many could question the decisions made by the characters, but should not fail to recognize the leading cause of their problems. If I were in that position, then my thought process would also be influenced by the survival instinct and factors stated above. Hence, there would be no accurate inferences as to what decisions I might make.
1: Though I agree with the point made, most decisions made were justified and very likely to be my reaction if I were in that situation. For example, if I hallucinated Andy to have gotten up since my thinking process was altered with, I would also continue down the mountain suspecting Andy to be waiting for me. And that's the end of this story. Now moving on to the next adventure, Touching the Void. In the summer of 1985, Joe Simpson and his climbing partner, Simon Yates, decide to conquer an unclimbed route in the Peruvian Andes.
0: During Joe and Simon's journey of climbing in the Andes, they experienced several difficulties and challenges while climbing, including the fact that Joe had severely injured his leg that he initially believed it was broken. How do you think Joe's reaction to his injury relates to his decision making?
1: After Joe realized he had distorted his leg, he went into denial. Joe tried to convince himself that, he, the, that the injury was not fatal, so he rested for some time, but the pain only got worse. When he tried kicking his right leg, thinking he had only ripped something, he ruptured his knee instead, making the situation much worse. After this, he knew there was very little chance that he could survive in these terrible conditions which, with a ruptured knee. So he depended on Simon's decision to do on what to do. I honestly don't know how he was able to endure that type of pain and still managed to find a way to stay calm. If I was in his position, I would have freaked out and possibly broken into a panic attack.
0: Nonetheless, after Simon was able to traverse his way to Joe, he sees the severity of Joe's injuries but showed no remorse at all. He even commented that Joe looked pathetic, which was an apathetic and careless reaction to have while your partner is suffering right in front of your eyes.
1: He then proceeded to assume the worst-case scenarios for this situation, including his death while attempting to assist Joe, and in general, any any scenarios in which they may die. He believed that this was their only option. Simon's way of thinking was rational, but it was also selfish. This can be justified by the fact that although there was a high probability that he would die while attempting to save his friend, he should at least have had some hope or tried to do something to help him. But instead, he stood there and thought it would be better if he just left him to die in the mountains.
0: Although, research shows that a person's psychology and mental state can change while they are at a high altitude. As seen by Simon's response to Joe's injuries, a climber may become agitated, anxious, or apathetic. This could provide an explanation for Simon's carelessness in regard to Joe's physical state, and not only have it based on him being an initially apathetic person.
1: From what you're saying, the decisions that Simon and Joe made could have been altered by the altitude and the environment. This story highlights the true opinions of a person on a peer or partner. Would you die for a friend or continue living with the guilt? The next story is the 1972 Andes plane crash disaster. October 13, 1972 was an unfortunate day for an air rugby team. They boarded a plane to Chile, ignorant to the drastic fate to come. Was the pilot at fault?
0: Well, the pilot did fail to anticipate the extreme weather and the plane's location, turning too soon, which eventually led to the crash. However, the altitude may have contributed to his confusion and inability to save the passengers. In addition, the plane model was not initially suitable for flight. Hence, the crash was not completely the pilot's fault.
1: The airplane crashed in the Andes, a mountain range in South America. During the crash, the mountain was covered in snow, sliding the fuselage down the mountain. How do you think that helped the passengers on the plane?
0: The movement of the fuselage helped the passengers by lowering the altitude of the location, thus leaving them with more oxygen and closer to any nearby communities. This increases the possibility of the survivors
1: being rescued. Though that may be true, the increased movement could have increased the chances of death among the passengers, which obviously is not the best consequence for the dead, right?
0: Yes, but then again, the cannibals in the resort too depended on the dead survivors had no food, so ultimately their death had positive and negative consequences. The survivors' decision to resort to cannibalism stemmed from the fact that they had little to no food on board. For the first three days, their nutrition source mostly consisted of chocolate, assorted snacks, and wine. After this, they decided to make use of their surroundings and the materials they had. For example, they used a scrap of metal from the fuselage to melt the snow using heat and light from the sun then filling the empty wine bottles with water. Though this did provide them with hydration, it still wasn't enough to compensate for the whole group, and some even eventually suffered from dehydration.
1: The idea to melt the snow into water could have been a result of their survival instincts activating. Much like the idea of resorting to cannibalism after weeks of starvation, their, their survival instincts could have been subconsciously affected by their thinking and decision process, encouraging the idea of cannibalism in their minds. Would you say that their decision to consume the dead was a negative or a positive one?
0: Seeing as any human requires nutrition to function and live, The group's decision was a positive one for their survival. This is since the group was on the verge of starvation, and their decision to eat the dead was their only way to gain energy and continue trying to live.
1: I agree with that. However, some might argue that it was immoral of them to eat their friends and family. This encouraged negative publicity after they were rescued and interviewed. How do you presume they would have reacted if they knew this beforehand?
0: Considering the fact that they were starved half to death, I don't think this piece of information would have altered their thinking or decision making process. When a person's in this situation, I don't think their primary concern would be whether their actions would be approved by others, rather the question of how can I survive would be predominant.
1: After two months of resorting to cannibalism and living in the fuselage, Canessa and Perado, two of the 16 survivors left, began climbing up the mountain, hoping to find help. Though their journey had great risks of death, they still hiked and found three men to ask for help. What would this tell us about their characters?
0: Kinesa and Parado both were very courageous to take the risk in benefit of the whole group. From this, we can infer that they were both risk-takers and acquired leadership skills. Their decision to risk their lives with only hope that they would find other people to help them resulted in a positive outcome. For the survivors, had been rescued the next day.
1: So, from what we've analyzed, how do you think you would have reacted in that situation? Would you join the group in cannibalism?
0: The situation the survivors were in was a very difficult one. Though some might consider cannibalism immoral, the circumstances they were in justified their decision to resort to cannibalism, even if the ones they ate were their family and friends. It was an eat or be eaten situation. Those who refused would eventually die and become food for the rest anyways. Therefore, if I was ever in such a dire situation, I think I would also eat the dead to survive.
1: All three of the stories discuss survival situations and difficult decisions. The survivors all share similar experiences where they are faced with a difficult situation. In Into Thin Air, John decides whether to leave back for someone else to help him or not. In Touching the Void, Simon must decide whether to help Joe or not, and Joe must decide whether to ha- save himself or leave himself to die and in the 1972 Andes plane crash disaster, the survivors must decide whether to eat their friends and family or not. How do you think these three situations relate?
0: All three decisions were made with physical and mental challenges, especially regarding the altitude. All survivors had to make the decision to either save themselves or save others, unknowing of what might happen to the other person if they decided to save themselves. This reflects how decision-making can easily be affected and result in negative or positive outcomes.
1: Yes, I agree. We see both positive and negative results in these three stories. They each begin and end with a group of adventurers exploring the world. But all things come to an end, much like this podcast.
0: And finally, all the pieces fall right into place as these stories come to a close. We hope you survived this listening adventure.